Welcome to episode 14 of Brews with the Homies. This is your host, Brews with D-Bro. And on this week's episode, I got my boy, Brews with JB. What's up, buddy? How you doing? Pretty good. Excited for this episode. You know, yeah, you know. we're going to definitely let out some frustrations this episode. Yes. And there's definitely a lot of stuff that's happened in between last week's episode to this week's episode. So we're, there's going to be a lot of things that we're going to kind of, you know, catch up on, kind of go over, give our thoughts and opinions on. And this one is going to be another episode of Beer Talk with the Homies. Yes, so sir. we're going to be sitting here talking about sports, kind of current events, just, you know, sitting here, just shooting the shit while drinking some really good beers right here in front of us. So we got four beers, so we're going to just kind of drink them in between each topic, kind of see how they go. And kind of see where it leads us down. So, JB, let's go ahead and get the first beer out the way. Okay. Let's go, let's, let's start it off strong. Let's go with a, uh, let's go with, I want to ride my bicycle with you. Okay. This is a Urban South. It's yes. a double IPA. It's a 6.6 ABV. And I'm kind of curious. This, yeah. this looks a little hazy. Yes, definitely. So, let's go ahead and get our first drink out. Let's get our drink on. Let's get it. Cheers. Alrighty. Whew. Before you say anything, I, I just want to throw this out here. This has 247 check-ins. And the average rating on this is a 3.96. Okay. I don't like this one. Yeah, this one's a little interesting. I don't know. Because I poured so, all of them on the physics. Okay, so when you say interesting, do you mean a good interesting or just like the in-between interesting? For me, like having that sip, have another one just to make sure. It kind of tastes like soap. Yeah, it's just very... The bitter mouthfeel is very strong right off the start. Like it hits you... I can see someone that really enjoys like bitterness and wants that style to be very aggressive and you get a lot of those that hoppy bitterness right off the front then they might really enjoy that but yeah kind of disappointed in this one we got this at the beer zombie drop and it a little urban south drop so this one's the houston texas urban south and i would rate it probably after that second drink Maybe like a three point two five. It's dude, get the fuck out of here. What? Why are you reading my fucking rating? <laughs> yeah, I mean it's just <laughs> I, for me it's right where it's at because I could see where they're trying to go with it. Maybe get it bitter or something like a little bit more like mouthfeel complex. But for me, it just kind of misses the mark. It's almost like a non enjoyable bitter. Yeah, no, I I'm probably gonna. Uh, after I say what I have to say about this, I'm probably just gonna bury it down the hatchet. Yeah. Uh, it's not that great. The flavor's really, like you said, really, really bitter. It reminds me of like when you get soap in your mouth. Yeah. It's, it's and it's weird because for how bitter it is, it's like muted flavors. I can't yeah. really get anything else from it. I think no. that's what takes away. Yeah. That you really can't extract any other flavors. Even the smell. Just kind of neutral. Like there isn't a lot there. Unfortunately, so. So, everybody knows that by now that we 
kind of live here in Vegas. We talk about it all the time. The Raiders have had a one hell of an interesting month. They had all the stuff about Gruden come out. Yeah. They had, you know, Henry Ruggs. They have um, the cornerback that was flashing guns. And then, you know, it out here in Vegas, we're, we're ready for the Raiders to go back. We'll, we'll keep the stadium, but send the Raiders back. Like, this has definitely been, like, a, a, a black eye. I, for, I used to work with the Raiders in part of their ambassador program, and I'm kind of glad I'm not in it anymore. Just because of the simple fact of just so many things that they have mishandled and things that, you know, it's not their fault that they about Henry Ruggs or the corner, but that's stuff that you have to look at when you're drafting players. And it's not a good look, especially with the head coach getting fired for the emails. And it, it's not a good look. And it's kind of scaring me in a sense because of – just there's so much writing on the Raiders in that stadium being here. And, like, that's taxpayers' dollars. Like, yeah, I feel like we're going to make our money back on it and whatnot. But, like, at the end of the day, that's just a – it's a stupid. makes us look bad as a city. Exactly. And it goes back to that whole there's teams in Miami, there's teams in other cities that have, you know, nightlife 24-7, and that's not an excuse. And they should really be – I mean, look at the two New players. York teams. Yeah, and they just need to be more diligent. I think they're going to have to, you know, it's not like babysitting, but keep tabs on their players and offer services and really push, like, these are examples, well, and they need to literally just come out. And I mean, the NFL players. does offer services, but yeah. you still hear that these idiots are still driving drunk. You, you, I mean, it, it is what it is at the end yeah. of the day. You can, if you're the NFL, you can only provide so much. Yeah. It comes down on the players to take it. Yeah, but I think it's more the culture of the team, too. I think they need to instill some better culture and get everyone together. Oh, most definitely. But I really do think, like, with Derek Carr there, I feel like they do have the right leader. I mean, you've yeah. seen him during the interviews. He's yeah. the most heard out of all of this. Yeah, and he's and very like, understanding. He's, he's very understanding, but, like, I, I, you got to feel for the guy yeah. almost, you know? And, like... As much as I'm a Broncos fan, like, I can't stand fucking Derek Carr. I can't yeah. stand the organization because I'm a Broncos fan. I'm just biased that way. Yeah. But seeing Derek Carr, how he handled himself throughout this whole thing, it I got to give him props. Yeah. I, I, you definitely do. And especially for this new head coach. This is his first time having a head coach. And, like, all this shit happens within a week of each other. It, it just sucks, man. Yeah, it's just a terrible situation. And... It kind of ruined that whole excitement of them being here, all the opportunities, and they're doing so well. And Derek Carr, like I said, the respect of being a leader, and I think he's going to have to really, over the next couple of years, work with the organization and try to develop a new culture, right? You're yeah. moving from a different city. The Raiders are known for their culture, but it needs to change. It needs to adapt to this city. It needs to be more like the Golden Knights and their community building and doing the right stuff with their players, even though the Golden Knights kind of, you know, the free agency, all that stuff, kind of mishandled a couple things. Their loyalty isn't there, but they are a destination where people want to come. The culture is good. And what they do for the community is big. It it, it really is big. And it's funny because uh, one of the Golden Knight reporters, uh, Jesse, uh, I forget his last name. Yeah, Jesse Granger. The Knights traded for Eichel. And, you know, he went to the Boys and Girls Club out here, and Eichel did, like, a little camp with them and everything. And they, the first question they asked, 
Has anybody here held a hockey stick? Before, when the Knights came out here, there would probably be one or two hands. They said every single kid hand was raised because they all got a chance to play hockey. They got a chance to do these camps with the Golden Knights. They got a chance to meet those players or meet the organization. And, you know, it also helps that the Golden Knights, you know, kind of helped relieve the community, yeah. you know. And it seems like right now with the Raiders – they haven't done really much to relieve the community. Yeah. It seems like they've caused a little bit more headache and yeah, friction, and friction the, uh, with the community. Attention, yeah, right? the unwanted attention. Because it's one thing to have unwanted attention because of moves you make and trying to win. Yeah, that's, Vegas, that's a, it's like it's a different story. Before, is they're harsh on you and everything, but if you're winning, kind of things go away. It goes away. People but love and forget. You yeah, know? but outside of player issues or like then going into organization issues and having players do bad stuff then it's a bad look for the city and then you get all this unwanted attention yeah it's not something that we want in the city but kind of the subject with the Raiders right now is very sensitive and we're not going to really get too far into it but let's go ahead and try this next one so this next one that we have it's called Spilled Hydra Yes. And this is the pineapple mango ice cream edition. And I'm excited for this one. You've had this one recently, have you not? Yes. And so you said it was really good. I really enjoyed it. I was surprised by kind of the, just the way it's made. Uh, I think, and this is from my experience with ice cream beers, Imprint does it the best. Yeah. Out of all the ones I've had, Hydra ones can be hit or miss. Um, but I think at Urban South, they're known for their triple spilled and some other ice cream ones. So I enjoyed it. I think it definitely, running it through the physics machine helped. Um, but it does have, um, I don't know what the best word is for it, the foam on top. It's all the like protein everything kind of combines together. And it looks like almost like a scoop of ice cream on top. And it... it that's it's it's just interesting. Laugh, yeah. It's like, oh, it does look, look like ice cream on a little like, yeah, head of it. When you first brought this in here, I was looking at it going, damn, he got some nice head on there, yeah. you know? But let's go ahead and cheers it up and let's yeah, see how it tastes like. It smells good. Interesting. You would have thought the pineapple taste would be very strong, but it's very, very mellow. Yes, I agree with that. I get more of the mango and like the ice cream flavor than I do the pineapple. I don't know if that's like possible because normally with pineapple, you normally get that like sour taste. Very up front. This one, it does a good job of meshing those two very well. I just think for a lot of people that don't enjoy these styles or haven't had ice cream in their beer before, so it's a little thicker and then that those bubbles are very thick and for some people very hard to get through. I got an interesting, you've had root beer floats before, right? Yes. Okay. So you know how when the ice cream melts okay. and you keep it in the soda? Yeah. That's what that reminds yeah. me of. Yeah, okay. That's a perfect reminds example. Reminds me of like a, like a mango soda that sat in ice cream. Okay. That's what it tastes like. 
Yeah. I, I think that's a kind of the best way to kind of describe it because it kind of gets what you're saying. The ice cream kind of is like mellow, fast. Yeah. Um, so before we give our rating, I got the untap rating right here. So with 109 check-ins, it has an average rating of a 4.3. Okay. So I'm going to go first this time. Yes. So with this rating, I'm actually going to give this a 4.1. I just wish that the mango or the pineapple mm. was a little bit more predominant than the ice cream taste. <laughs> I agree with you because I already rated it on my untapped a couple days ago, and I rated it a 4. And I think it's right there. I don't know. I feel I'm kind of rotating out of some of these styles. I don't, I'm not the biggest fan right now of these fruited sours because I feel just kind of overdone and a lot of them are starting to taste very similar. Yeah. But I still try to keep an open mind. I, I like what they did. I think balancing the pineapple was impressive. Yeah. The mango it works very well. And I think people should give it a try if they like those flavors and want to mm -hmm. try an ice cream beer. But for me, I've had a couple from Mortalis that are better in the Hydra series. And, and all that Hydra series is very, very, very popular. Yes. And it's, there's a lot of good beers in there. We've had a couple of other Hydras on, on the podcast yeah. already. You definitely got to take a look at these past episodes with it because... You'll understand the complexity of the flavors that they try to do. And I'm like, this is there. I just feel like it just missed the mark just a little bit, you know? It's still a good beer, but in my eyes, for somebody that likes mango, likes pineapple, likes ice cream, I just wish the... It just misses the mark a little bit. It just misses it just and, a little bit. And for people, so you know, because we talked about this, Urban South, the Houston, Texas one, did this one. Well, yep. the collaboration of Mortalis. So Mortalis still has their own version. Yep. And for some people, we've had that where I've had a Mortalis and Imprint collab, and I thought the Imprint one was better. I've had a Mortalis and King's one sometimes. And you thought the, the Mortalis, Mortalis one was better. Yeah. So it just depends on the styles. And for, it's like you said, it's the different breweries. Uh -huh. It's their way of putting their flair with a little bit of help of keeping the style of the other brewery, you know? Exactly. So you just have to kind of decide on your own and, like, taste it and see what you like but what i will say is in the urban south um draw pep here zombies they did the other one that i tried that was i thought was very well done was the watermelon coconut one yeah that was very good because that one has ice cream too flavors worked very well together it wasn't as thick as this was it balanced i thought it was very well balanced i thought it had good flavors coming together and the ice cream wasn't so thick it didn't have as much of that that bubble and foam yeah. like tied to it so i really enjoyed that one okay uh, so let's kind of talk about this because this just recently happened on monday you know um we're gonna start talking about the uh, we couldn't go without this episode without mentioning the fact of uh jokage or Jokic versus markeef yes so for a lot of you guys that know, Gabby turned our NBA podcast to a heat culture podcast, and she's been suspended for two weeks for the pod, so that's why she's not on here. But can I tell you, fuck Markeith, and fuck all you motherfuckers that are sitting here saying that Jokic took a cheap shot. I'm sorry, but when you take a forearm and you hit the best player on a team in a blowout with two minutes left, and you go after him when he's not paying attention... And he has a bad knee, and his knee buckles, 
and you're going to walk away and show no uh, show disrespect, he got what he deserved. And it's funny because Ch Chuck, Charles, uh, Kenny Smith, they all said, hey, we would have done the same thing. Shaq said, when you're in a fight, you don't throw the punch and then turn around and not expect anything to happen. There's been a couple of tweets of people who tweeted their own experiences of being in fights where they said they hit somebody, turned their back and start walking away, and they got their ass kicked. Yeah. And like the thing is, is Markeith is known for being a dirty little bitch. He's done this hitting people from behind. He did this when he was on the Lakers. He did this when he was with everybody. So for him to try to play victim and this, that, and the next thing, that's bullshit. And the NBA not to suspend Markeith for a game, that's bullshit. They should have suspended him for a game as well. Yes. I, I do agree with the fines. I do. I, I do understand why they suspended Jokic. But at the end of the day, Jokic is a reigning MVP. He does not get the respect that he deserves. And he just played a game where he embarrassed Bam, where he made Bam shoot 3 of 10 or 3 of 8. He, Bam did get the double-double, but he played like shit. Jokic beat them in the paint, and he was getting beat, hacked. You see his arms. His arms are red, scratched, and he had enough. This is his way of putting the league on notice, saying he's not taking this shit no more. And to be honest, I'm glad he did it. I mean, I hate that the fact that Markeith got whiplash, but yeah. you got what you deserved. Yeah, and that's the whole thing. Like, when I saw that clip and everyone ranting about, oh, he should have never done that. Jokic should have, you know, been the bigger person or should have cheap shot him. Look, when it comes down to it, he was going up the pass. You took a cheap shot to the ribs. You led with your knee into his bad knee. And then you turn around. What do you expect to happen? And you, as a player, when you go after someone like that, you should expect, especially... Come on, Jokic he's, is not he's the reigning MV fucking P, and you just got your ass handed to. Yeah. Take the fucking L like a man and fucking go. And that's the thing too, because if the score was flipped, then that would have probably never happened. He probably yeah. would have never done that no. because they were losing, and so that makes it worse. So the intent to injure, the intent to hurt on that play, goes up significantly, yeah. and I think that's where the NBA didn't take that into account, and I think that's kind of a bad position for them to take because oh most definitely in a losing position that play looks 10 times worse and it's funny because his his bitch ass twin brother started tweeting oh duly noted bitch yeah. you're the nuggets bitch after the fucking bubble you not yeah. remember when you ran your goddamn motherfucking mouth and paul Millsap and the nuggets fucking reverse swept your ass and embarrassed you yeah. do you not remember that motherfucker yeah, that's what I thought. And you want to sit here and start beef with Jokic's brothers? You got to remember, those guys are fucking Serbs, yeah. bro. Yeah. And they got connections to the Serb mob. Yeah. And those motherfuckers are seven feet tall, 300 pounds. They're trying to take shit. And that's the thing. They, they don't take shit. It. It's like you said. He just set the president. Don't mess with him. And this is not going to be something that continues. And he had to do that. He had to. And I'm going to tell you right now, the heat... And the Nuggets play November 29th. Yeah. I'm going to be watching that game. Oh, yeah. And if they try to do any funny fucking business to Jokic, uh, and they've already said that Jokic's brothers already bought tickets to the game, and they've already said if any fucking funny business happens, they're not afraid to fucking stand up for their little brother. you got to remember, this is a brotherly bond. Yeah. These are Serbians. Serbians are very family 
driven. Yes. And when it's the case where you fuck with somebody's little brother and they're that big and that fucking crazy like they are, y- you better fucking expect some hell. Yeah, and that it's just the whole issue was the Heat need to realize it was a bad play on their part and the team needs to be and going into this next game they can't be looking for retaliation because, because if, as soon as there's a retaliation you gotta realize it's gonna it's gonna be ugly yes and I think the Heat come out losing that no questions asked Jokic will take out half the fucking team yeah. you got Tyler Boy Wonder Hero you got Duncan Robinson yeah. like it's it's not gonna end well yeah. it's not and so it, I saw a couple things on Twitter, too, where people were making fun of, you know, the whole, pro- oh, the U.S. thinks they have bad cities. They think there's bad cities. Oh, you've never seen this other shit in other countries and how crazy and the things that they've experienced growing up. So don't ever underestimate that. Because, yeah. you know, they, you know, some NBA players, you know, come from hard backgrounds and they've had a lot of hard experiences growing up, but... You know, you can't take away that other countries. No, you, know, you can't. So they were dealing with basically war, threats of being bombed, so and, bomb. and all this, things that a lot of us can't even comprehend yeah. and even begin to imagine on top of living in times that are tough and bad crime and all that. So Can, can I tell you, since we're on this topic of Serbia, we got to definitely give Mark a big shout out. Yeah. Mark mm-hmm. definitely has helped... Uh, uh, JB and I kind of understand the Serb culture and kind of give us an inside look, especially Mark's mom, Mark's yeah. dad. They definitely give a different perspective to us who've only who've only known what it's like living in America. Yes. You know, so hearing their stories, hearing their like like stuff, kind of puts things in perspective. You know, so definitely shout out to Mark. Shout out yeah. to Mark and his family for giving us like that inside oh, perspective of of Serbia and also another like another view of a living outside of a first world country you know yeah so let's kind of go on to the next topic here Joe yes. we'll kind of break this up into two parts on this one so I'm going to let you get isolation on this one we're going to go ahead and talk about the Golden Knights yes. so Joseph the floor is yours so Golden Knight, we've been kind of alluding that we're going to talk about this. I'm glad we kind of waited because if this was like a week and a half ago, uh, I think the comments, what we would have talked about would have been very different. Uh, the team was in a way worse spot. They were experiencing a lot of issues. There was a lot of comments being made. And a lot of injuries. Our, injuries. our captain going out. Our leading scorer going out. So there's, there's a lot going on. But... What I will say, after watching a little bit more, seeing what's happened over the last, you know, a couple of weeks, still very early on in the season. It's our early predictions, early comments, but let me tell you, I'm very impressed. With very this impressed team. that we're seven and six. Yes. Because this could be way, worse. way, way worse. And for, because you know, the board we've had criticism. A lot of people have had criticism. But I think he's found a way to get this team, especially the young players, to believe in something. The drive that they need. I feel, I feel like the one thing is, not 
cut you yeah. off on this. I feel like DeBoer, with all the injuries that are going on, he's bringing back the next man up mentality, the Golden yes. Knights first season mentality of next man up, we're misfits. Yep. Let's fuck and some shit up. Let's play. And that's kind of where I was alluding to and going with it because I think that's such a great mentality because that's what you need to win a Stanley Cup. I think you could be as deep as you want in terms of having great players but you need that next level of chemistry. You need more. You need that team bond. The, if someone goes down, I'm ready to step in. Or if someone needs to take a couple games off to rest, like we're there. We have the players to do that. And my prediction, because you know, when we got Michael, there's so many people saying we need a trade, we need to make room. I think after seeing how well everyone's played with this, these injuries, how the next man up mentality is working, I think they try to make it work for this year. I think they don't move any pieces, if not just one trade to maybe get rid of one person but keep all their main players. I think that they're not going to get rid of Shea Theodore as I expected. I don't think they'll get rid of um, um, Dadovin or with, um, the other guy that we got, the power play specialist. Yeah. I thought they were going to make maybe those two moves or even Riley Smith. Riley Smith's name has been floating around there because this is his contract year. So I can so see what, him being the only one we move and then having one person stay on injury to open up that cap space. So I was reading something. Some I think it was Jesse Granger that did yeah. that with The Athletic. He was talking about if the Golden Knights moved Riley Smith that we can make our current situation work. I think they said it was Riley Smith and Brandon McNabb. Yeah. That would help our cap situation out. You know what? I really don't think we should get rid of any of those two because I just feel like they're kind of part of the heart and soul of the team, especially now with Reeves being gone, McNabb dropping the what they call the McNabber, the the big hits, the the swinging plays of you know once you make a big hit that. Everybody helps just, the momentum. just helps the momentum and gets everybody like, oh shit, it's go time, you know? And like with Riley Smith, he I hate to say it, but he's one of those guys that does all the dirty things. Yes. Like all the dirty work things, all the little things, the power kill, you know, just getting abilities to make breakouts happen, just able Spying to for pause. Yeah, just, he just does all the he does all the right little things that doesn't show up in the stat sheet. You would only see that if you take a look with the eye test, you know? And that's that's a big thing. So, I do have two questions for you. Yes. One, what is your hot take? And two, what are, are your expectations for this year? So, I think my hot take is with everything I've seen and what's going on, I think the Knights are going to allow, they're going to try to make it work with getting rid of Riley Smith only, and if they can't make it work numbers-wise and they're punching the numbers by sending people down, calling people up, they get rid of McNabb too. And my hot take is, even if that those two pieces are missing, with how well the and if DeBoer can keep this train rolling in the right direction, they will be able to make the playoffs and have everyone healthy, and I think they're a team to contend. 
You but think that so? puts a lot of pressure on Coughlin, Haig. That puts a lot of pressure on a lot of the rookies and on our bottom lines right now. And, like, that's kind of scary to say. It's kind of scary that, you know, we're so, – like, I hate to say it, but we're a very top-heavy team. Yeah. But see, but my, then – and the good thing is, is with this Eichel trade, it moves our top-line center, Chandler Stevenson, down to the third line. Okay. And then that helps our third line out because our third line was struggling all last year. It was constant rotation, constant in and out. And it's kind of the same thing with our fourth line, too. But at the end of the day, I think it's just going to help us out all together. And I do agree with you that the Knights do correct the ship. It's good to see Mark Stone's back on the ice. He, they're saying that he's very close. So if he's very close, that, that means we're getting somewhere closer to where we have to go. I think Pacioretty's in week two or three of a four- to six-week injury. Carlson's out for how many? Like they, I think it was four to six weeks. It's another four to six weeks because yeah. he broke his foot. And that's crazy how hockey players can just break their foot off of yeah. just taking a puck off the skate just the wrong way. You know? Um, so, because um, my hot take and what I believe, I think the Golden Knights will run the first two lines like this. And I hope they do. Because I, I agree, as much as I want to see that Eichel, Stone, Pacioretty line... I think they go patch ready on the left wing, Eichel, center, and if they don't get rid of them, that on the off. Then on the second line, you go Marchie on the left wing, Carlson center, Stone on the right. Oh, I would do this because the way Marchie's been playing, he's been stepping up, he's making plays. When Carlson comes back, I still think his speed... The way he plays with Marchie, and this is assuming that they get rid of Riley Smith, you have Stone on the right. Stone is gonna be is gonna be able to elevate that line even more. That's interesting. So if let's just say for shits and giggles we do keep Riley Smith. Okay. So you're saying on the third line is gonna be Chandler Stevenson, Riley Smith, and then who are you putting on the left? Are you putting Carrier there? Uh, the way he's been playing, I would experiment with it, but I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to throwing a couple people in there. I think Hanmark needs help. He he's still trying to figure things out. Do you he's think, a good player. Do you think if he's on that third line with Riley Smith and Chandler Stevenson, do you think that would help him propel? Yes, I think putting Chandler Stevenson with them and trying to help him get going would help. But then again, I think that natural position part. I think yeah. he would like to be center. But, but if then you're that would, him, you but could that would, him on the fourth line, yeah. which I think having him on the fourth line would be nasty. Would be but nasty then, with Carrier on the left. But then it would also help us too if you wanted to do it this way too. Kind of thinking about it, you know, Chandler Stevenson's a left winger, right? Mm-hmm. You move Chandler Stevenson back to the left wing and put Yamark in the center with Riley Smith. That line's gonna be fast. Yeah, and it's gonna be nasty. I just think even if you're worried about the rookies, right? Uh-huh. You could split it up with Chandler Stevenson still centering the third line and Yanmark centering the fourth line because then you can have a rookie fill in on the third line on the left side if you want Carrier to drop down and help solidify a fourth line. I think we have potential to run a full four-line system, especially if we spread up the abilities around everybody and give people opportunities. 
I, I definitely agree. And I definitely do see us actually starting a lot more rookies than we normally do. It's kind of crazy because, like, normally the Knights were known not for playing rookies like that. It's, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, and I think with everything going on, another, like, not really a hot take, but I know we've been very hard on Leonard's playing abilities, and I think this offseason and the organization showing that they have confidence in him has helped his play. I think he's trying not to be something that is not as much. He lost some weight. He got more comfortable in the net. So now he's being more athletic. I think he found that balance. I think he found the comfortability of being himself, but being more athletic and making bigger saves because he saw how that affects the team. Flurry did that and elevated the team. And I think he wanted to add that to his game, and he's done that very well now. I think at the very beginning it hurt his game yes. because it – and I think he was also still dealing with the injury, but I feel like now he's got his confidence back. So let's go ahead and kind of, you know, let's get this next beer in. Yes. Let's go ahead and go ahead because we're right there. Yeah. So we're going to take a break on the pineapple train. That would be our yeah. last one. But let's go with the slushy XXXL mm-hmm. Peach Ring Face Melt from 450 North brewing and let me tell you i've been excited like this is one of those beers that gabby and myself have really enjoyed um it's one of those things that you know it tastes kind of like what it says so let's go ahead and get a taste in yes and uh the it's the peach ring face smell yep We've had the old one. Oh, this smells like a peach ring. And I was at the gas station today, and they were selling peach rings, and I almost bought one. God, this smells so good. I remember the original one when I first had the peach rings. It was very delicious. I loved it, so got to oh, smell. It's delicious. Oh, man. So let me get a taste in. Oh, man. So this is better than, than it was when the first time I had it. Okay. This actually tastes like a peach ring. I definitely get the little sour, sugary taste of a peach ring, and then you get the flavor of that peach ring. And it's so delicious. And, like, when I've had this one before, the rating before was like a 4.5. And now that it's sat a little bit, I think the rating has jumped to like a 4.7. Yeah, I think they did this very well. The last one was a little bit more candied. Yeah, well, this so one? this is the first time they did it like an actual like peach peach ring because yeah, the last peach, one was peach. the last one was peach 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 or it was it was just regular like just peach ring yeah, and it so didn't have the sugar taste to it. This one is like triple that last one. So like for me, my taste on it, I get a little bit more of a natural peach than. A little bit of like the sour and the candy. See, I get the sour taste first, and then I get the candy on the back burn. And this is why I like talking about beers, yeah. is because you and I both have different taste buds, and it's always crazy to hear like when we talk about the beer, how the difference of our taste buds are. So, on Untapped right now, there's 314 check-ins, and the average rating is a 4.26. And mine's a 4.7, so mine's a little skewed off of that. So that's kind of like the baseline on that. So, Joe, what, what do you think? And be honest. For me, I think they 
nailed it perfect. I think it has the perfect balance, especially on the smell of the peach rings. The taste, I'm loving it so much because it, it tastes like a natural peach. And then it kind of goes in, for me, a little bit of the sour. But I was expecting more of a candy vibe to it, very sugary sweet, this one. Way more complex, more smooth, still get the sour, get a little bit of sweetness, but it's very natural tasting to me, so I really enjoy that. And I'll have to say, for peach is one of my favorites, I love that characteristic, and I, I, I think it's done very well. I would give it a 4.75. I think it's exactly what it's advertised to be, and they nailed it perfectly without saying or like having it taste super sugary and overbearing. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. So, out of the ones that we've had so far, we, so far we had, I, I want to ride my bike with you. We've had the Spilled Hydra Pineapple Mango Ice Cream and the Slushy Triple XL uh, Peach Ring Melt, Face Melt. Which one has been your favorite so far? Peach Ring by Peach far. Peach Ring by far. I, I agree with you on that one. I think Peach Ring is my favorite, and then after that, I definitely think it's the Spilled Hydra, and then following, bringing up the rear, I think it's Bicycle. Yeah. Uh, my, ride my bicycle with you. So, this is part two of the Golden Knights take. Yeah. I'm going to... I'm going to say just a little bit. Yeah. I really want to say shout out to Alex Pietrangelo. He's yes. been our best player since the playoffs and has really elevated his game and really stepped up with all the injuries that we have. Shout out Pietrangelo. I definitely got to say Leonard took a lot of heat from me and I definitely am saying that Leonard is making me eat my words right now and I'm <laughs> glad that he's making me eat my words yes. because... As of right now, he's looking phenomenal. At first, it was off to a rough start. This is just kind of some of the things that the Knights have been kind of really struggling with since they became a team. Right now, in power plays, we're 28th in the whole entire league. We're 28th on power plays. That's bad. Yes. Right. Our penalty kill is normally one of the tops in the league. Right now, we're 22nd. And I think that's something that they definitely have to work on. The injuries, of course, are going to play a factor in that. But for the power play, that's been there. But, We've had but that luckily, in penalties taken, we're 17th in the league. So, you know, there's so, a little brightness. There's a little brightness in that, you know. Right now in the Pacific Division, we're 6, but it's still early in the year, you know. I definitely do agree that it's still early in the year and we're getting some key guys back. And the teams that, you know, started off hot are starting to falter just a little bit. Injuries are starting to happen. You're starting to see a couple of the guys that, you know, didn't get traded this offseason that wanted to be traded. You're starting to see them kind of start vocalizing their frustrations and still demanding that they want to be traded. So it's... You know, it's a couple of things happening right now, and it's very interesting to watch in the hockey scene right now. Um, last night, that was a hell of a win against yeah. the Kraken. I know the Kraken aren't the are, are not one of the best teams, but it's still a good win for how many players, how many of our top players are missing. Yes. Out of our top six, we're missing what, four, 
Oh, no, three, three out of the six. Well, Eichel now, so yeah. yeah well, four. now Eichel, so now it's four. Four, four out of the six. That's kind of scary. And, you know, we're kind of in this point now we're almost there. So my big thing is is I do owe some apologies to Robin Leonard, but hopefully he can keep this shit up in the playoffs. Yeah. I definitely, you know, tip my hat to Pi Tarantulo. Hopefully they don't rush Mark Stone and Pacioretty and Carlson back too soon. And this Eichel trade, this is something that you and I have wanted for a while, like really yes. bad. Because we've always wanted another top player, and I think it solidifies the team. I think the price they paid was below market value. I think they got a steal of a trade. You cannot, it's, I think, what, um, what was his name? If he said, um, players like that don't come available that yeah. often. And they weren't expecting this. They didn't have this trade uh, on the offseason. They didn't think they were going to get this. And I think it came across their desk, and they submitted an offer they thought that wasn't going to be taken. And it went through, and you I know was, what's really big for us is that top pick. Our, yeah. our first round pick that we give is a top ten protected. Yeah. So I'm glad that we were smart enough to put a protection on our pick. Yeah, I'm I'm really glad that we were that smart enough to do that. Um, I do have to say this is our fourth captain that we have taken from a team. Yeah. We have taken Mark Stone from the Senators, Pacioretty from the Canadians. I uh, Trangelo from the St. Louis Blues. Now Eichel from the Sabres. We got four captains. How many times do you see that on a team that you have four captains from four different teams? Never. And I think this is something that's going to allow Eichel to develop where he couldn't when he was in Buffalo. I think you will see a transformation if he can stay healthy and the surgery goes well. I truly believe we'll see production from him that we haven't seen yet. And that's saying something because he is produced, he's a top player, and... There's just so many interesting combinations that we can throw him in with, you know, for shits and giggles. We take Carlson and throw him up there with Pi or with, with Stone and Pacioretty, and then you throw him with Marchie and Riley. Or, you you know, like you said, you mix it up just a little bit. Whatever line he's going to be on, I think he's going to be the most successful in that. Yeah. And think about it, even if he comes back at half strength initially like you're still looking at what solid 30 40 points that's huge yeah it's a huge sign for us at, at full strength if you could add someone that's going to put up 60 to 80 points that that's a game changer for the Knights. Yeah. they need that and that's another point i was going to hit on these like this last week week and a half the knights have been able to find goals even when they're not supposed to or and they're struggling and they need goals, they find ways to get goals. I think that's good for the mentality of the team. I think that's good for the young players to buy into that mentality, work around the net, keep shooting, keep finding the openings, keep tipping pucks on net because we need that as a team and we're going to need that down the road. That's what killed us in the playoffs. We just couldn't get those tippings in. We couldn't get the goals when we needed them most. And, and shout out to Shane Theodore for finally finding his offensive game. Yes, he needed him back. Yeah, and thank God he, he found it. Because it makes a difference when he's playing well too. Yeah, it, it, it definitely does. Everything. It does, and definitely shout out to Alex Martinez for definitely helping these players get out their slumps. It's always yes. great to see. Yeah, that. he's always the one. He's always the one. So Joseph, let's go ahead and wrap this up with this last and final final beer here. Okay. So we're going to go ahead and try another Urban South, 
And this one is called Triple Spilled Pineapple, Pineapple, Pineapple. And if you guessed it, it tastes like pineapple. <laughs> so um, on this one on Untapped, it has 282 check-ins. And this one has a 4.33. So out of all the ones that we've had today, this is the highest rated one on Untapped, according to the people. So let's go ahead and get a cheers. I've had this one, and I'm going to save my judgment after I take this sip, because I didn't have it out of the physics machine. All right. To me, it tastes the same from the first time I had it. Yeah, it's... It tastes... You've had pineapple out of a can from Dole, right? Yeah. Like the Like the sli circle slices of pineapple, yeah. right? It tastes like the juice from inside there. Yeah, it, I mean, I understand why the rating is so high. It's just pineapple. Like, yeah. there's no, it's a sour pineapple drink. It's, yeah, you can't expect much from it. I think maybe we've been spoiled because we've had a couple pineapple beers that are more like dull whippy and have a little bit more, yeah. like, complexity. But this is, it's pineapple. It's like, pineapple, yeah. Pineapple juice, pineapple flavor. Pineapple apple pen. <laughs> yeah, I. So for what it is, I would rate it like a four point two five. It like or, yeah, it it nails exactly what it wants to be. I take off a couple, you know, some rating because it's not something I'm gonna like go look for and like. Oh my god, I need this in my life. I need to drink more. But if someone was like, hey, I like pineapple. Not a big fan of craft beer, and I'm like, oh well, got the perfect beer for you. Here's some yeah. pineapple, like. And you like pineapple? All right, cool. Here's some pineapple. I got you. <laughs> and it I think this is a. I great think we beer. gotta take some Malibu to this. Huh. It would be a good like mixer beer. Like it, I think it would be a good mixer beer. I think this would be a good beer to put in like a margarita. I was gonna say that with a margarita machine. You could easily use this as a base. Yeah. Almost... You know what? I think I'm gonna try that this weekend. I got two more. I think it's time to experiment again. Yeah, I, I know that's weird to say because, you know, it's winter and everybody's like, dude, it's cold. Why are you drinking margaritas? In Vegas right now, it's average about 80, 90 degrees still. So we're it's climate change season, baby. Yeah, no, it's been very warm. Like, we've been right there where, you know, it's still like this Sunday and Monday, like the high is 80 and you're like, this, I don't remember like being November, almost like mid-November and we're still in the 80s. So it's been enjoyable. Loving it, it not complaining. Great, but... Most definitely. So we're going to go ahead and wrap this up here. Thank you for joining us on Beer Talk with the Homies. Um, definitely, before we sign off, we're definitely going to definitely say, if you're going to a music festival this weekend or in the future, please be uh, vigilant. Please be safe. Please take the precautions. Please drink water. We are definitely tipping our hats to the eight people that died this past week at Astro World Fest and the hundreds of people that were hurt and suffocating and have been injured. And our thoughts and prayers are with those families that lost festival goers. And, you know, please don't take advantage of life. Yeah. Live your life to the fullest, but be responsible about it. Yeah, and definitely just... You know, it, it's just unfortunate what happened. Um, we, it just, it's unfortunate in the sense that music festivals and everything and concerts is supposed to be just a fun, joyous experience. People are supposed to look out for each it's other. A, it's and, an escape from reality and 
you get to enjoy that moment and it sucks that people lost their lives and people were hurt but we gotta be a unit we're all there for the same reason we're all there for the same person we're all there to have this memory and this experience and hopefully this will shine light on that and hopefully it reminds people to be respectful to be respectful to be mannered and Uh to watch out for one another yeah and help people because I that was the big thing in the 90s and then even, you know, over the years with raving, EDC, it's all about the whole, you know, plur, like everyone needs, it, you know, some people might have thought that was cheesy, but that's what it needs to be. And, you know, many artists in the past have stood up and made sure it happened and to make sure their fans were safe and it's unfortunate that, that didn't happen this time, but, you know, it's the whole Derek Carr thing, right? You know, hopefully... Travis Scott takes this very seriously, can learn from it, and... I got very strong opinions yeah, about I do, this. too. We, we won't get into it. We won't get into it, but in, it's... In another episode, but hopefully, you know, as Derek Carr would say, like, there's times where people need to learn and grow, and hopefully, because I don't think he's going to go away anytime soon, so he needs to accept some responsibility, grow, and if he ever has more events like this, have the right security, have the right personnel, and don't don't be stingy. It might have not been his decision. It could have been the events team. I understand that. But it's your festival. It's your name on it. Your brand. Take, your take team. accountability. Make sure be a little bit more hands-on and provide what's needed. And I hope he could do that and do the right thing moving forward. And we've seen EDC step it up and put a lot of you know, police there and make sure that people have options, water station, and they've taken a lot of precautions and they need to continue to do that. There were some issues at the CDC of, you know, any festival is going to have it, especially like we, Life is Beautiful, they said there's a lot of phones stolen, all this, and hopefully we could get back to a community that watches out for each other and a lot of that stuff starts to go down again and it's not a worry. So, yeah. we'll end it on that, we'll keep it try to keep it short and sweet you know but appreciate you guys always listening uh we will do another glass giveaway here soon um maybe we'll throw it up on the instagram it'll probably be um either like a rocks glass or maybe just like an, a beer glass with iron man so we'll we'll figure it out but we'll post one of them up and share it and that's Go it for this time well enjoy and we'll see you next week uh, peace